Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. And today, we are extremely excited to have Richard White on with us today. Richard White is the CEO and founder of Fathom Video and was the founder and former CEO also at UserVoice. So someone who spent a lot of time in the product space selling to product managers and product marketers like us, uh, and who also has taken a very distinct product journey of his own as he's uh, found and released a new product here at Fathom Video. So welcome, Richard. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. Oh, my pleasure. All right, Richard, uh, start. Let's give a, just a little bit more background on you and what Fathom Video does today. Sure. Uh, so I guess officially my background originally was as, as an engineer and then kind of turned product designer and then turned, you know, a kind of ambiguous product person, uh, you know, ran user voice for 12 years. If you're not familiar with user voice, we're kind of a, a platform for managing product feedback at scale and try to understand like what are the top issues your customers are, are reporting. Uh, and then started Fathom, the gosh, I guess about, you know, in October, September, October of 2020. And so the whole goal of Fathom actually is to remove something that I think most of us have experienced with when we're doing user research is this pain point of, I'm trying to conduct a great conversation. I'm trying to, you know, put on my detective hat and find those insights. And I'm also at the same time trying to be a court reporter and like stenographer out like what I'm hearing so that I can, I can remember it and I, my team can remember it. And, you know, I is kind of early 2020 where I ended up doing a lot of user research calls for a different project. And I think I did like 300 Zoom calls in like January, 2020. And I was just like, you know, having the conversations, dutifully taking my notes, cleaning up my notes after the call. And then two weeks later, I don't exactly remember the important nuance. I share the bullet points of my team and they just fall flat compared to the experience I had. And so I just felt like there's a bad game of telephone here and there's got to be a better way to fix it. And so Fathom is a free app for Zoom that records, transcribes your calls, but most importantly, allows you to like highlight those key moments. And so we can kind of build a, here's a highlight reel from this call, share those clips out with our team. So there is really two reasons, Richard, thanks for sharing all that, that I wanted you on to come on the show. And the first is one of the main tenets that we teach is like the importance of Nikito. Get out of the office, talk to your market, understand the market problems, understand how they describe them, the language they use, understand, you know, the alternatives used to solve those problems, because that market problem knowledge and understanding is what you use to make every decision about your product from, from what to put on the shelf to how to make it fly off. And uh, of course, we all know today that getting out of the office really just means like doing a Zoom, but not with internal people. And, and like you said, this is such a real problem to how to, you know, it's hard enough to systematize and get a process down for scheduling these. But then how do I turn the great conversations that got me all excited and my eyes sparkling? How do I turn that into to something that my peers can do? Because you're right. Like when I turn it into bullets, they're like, oh, that, that's nice, Rebecca. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like this was amazing. Uh, so there is that. But I also think it's such a great story because you have used so much of the, of the sort of market research and market grounding techniques in the development of it. So it's sort of like a tool to help us do ours and a story of how you did yours. But let's start with that. Like, let's start like what the, the process when you first recognize, right, you were user voice, you founded another company, not like you were sitting around with nothing to do. How did you discover that this was a problem that needed to be solved? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we were actually doing 
kind of customer discovery on a different product idea. And it was kind of adjacent to this, right? Which was, it was actually, I think, more around like automating the scheduling of, of customer interviews. And, and like I said, I first and foremost felt this pain point, right? It was like first my pain point, right? And I was like, this, this really, this is a real pain, right? And what was funny though, it's also in the process of doing some of these interviews, I was asking about the pain of scheduling and I got a lot of pain around scheduling, but I also, in almost a lot of these conversations also heard, I also spend an hour for every 30 minutes of recorded content, cleaning up my notes and, and like putting the state in those, you know, so it's one of those things where like, I wasn't looking for that problem originally. It's kind of adjacency. And I realized, gosh, even in doing this, I have this problem and that's actually a bigger problem than scheduling one. And now I'm seeing, you know, everyone I talk to kind of validate that. Hmm. Maybe we should go look at that. Yeah. You know, adjacent problem as opposed to the one we started off on. Uh, so I think one of the things we had two problems. How did you how did you decide that this one had was maybe a bigger problem, right? W- what helped you kind of weigh those the two against going to go? Ha! This one. There was a lot of moving parts to, to the the scheduling problem, right? And we actually found like you were trying to schedule automated calls for for product managers, and we realized okay, we got to have customer success involved too because they often are gatekeeping access to customers. So and so I looked at one of these solutions. And I was like, there's a lot of moving parts to this and requires a lot of buy-in from a lot of different people. And then I looked on the other side of like, okay, what if we just made an app that I could use myself? Oh, I just have to get buy-in from me. And so one part was like, oh, I think there's an easier to execute product here. Secondarily, I think also it just, you know, we did a prototype where we actually, you know, I just manually took together a bunch of like Zoom call recordings and stitched them into a short highlight reel and I shared it with my team, like in all hands. And this is, I think my other pain point was like, I would show these bullet points, like I said, to my team and they'd be like, kind of like zone out. And when I showed them a, here's what we've learned in research and here's the, you know, three minute highlight reel, everyone's eyes lit up. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was a good test. Like, okay. Even the simple naive version that was actually really expensive for me to make, cause I was doing it manually. Like the output was really good and people really liked it. And we really went from there to, okay, let's do a little more research on this. Let me talk to other people on my team. And obviously I used to run our sales team actually for a minute at, at user voice. And so and actually one of the biggest challenges of my sales team was to get them to take good notes, right? Some people took really crappy notes. Some people took like overly verbose notes, but even the best notes I found myself always being like, yeah, but what did it actually sound like when they objected to our price or mentioned the competitor? And so then I started thinking about, oh my gosh, this actually could be an easier execute product requires less buy-in from, you know, less stakeholders and may have a bigger TAN. There might be a bigger market here. You know, it's not just people doing product research. It's also people doing customer calls, you know, customer success calls, sales calls, you name it. And so that was, I think, the kind of quick progression of the, the research. And then obviously went from there to, there's other people in the space. I need to go interview a bunch of customers theirs, right? And go figure out, do I, am I actually onto something or am I reinventing a wheel that's already out there that I'm just kind of ignorant of? Love that, right? I mean, a lot of a, a lot of new companies and founders are problems that we had personally that then we made an organization, right? The problem becomes when you when you don't like validate that you're not the only one who has it. Uh, right. Right? So clearly, you did that. Then you were talking to competitors, and then you know, and and I am 100 confident that the market research wasn't done there, and that as you continue to to ideate and prototype and went through there, that you continue to do that process. So talk to me a little bit about like how you found people to test along the way and where you sort of identified as the right points in order to bring in sort of market feedback to make sure you're iterating in the right direction. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously we first started with, you know, customers and stuff that were internal to us and also, you know, other people at the company. So I had, you know, rough interviews with, with sales folks and customer success. We also used a platform called user interviews to basically find people that weren't in network that fit a certain profile to interview, to, to talk to. Uh, and that was, that was super valuable. And along the way there, I kind of would catalog, catalog like part of my intake process there would be like, what other tools do you use? And if they happen to be kind of a, you know, a user of one of these competing tools, I'd have almost like a slightly different kind of interview script for them. And then I'd also just did my personal network, reach out to my personal network. Hey, anyone, do we have anyone that fits this profile that I've worked with before that maybe is at a company that does that? So it was helpful too, because I think sometimes you're in network folks, especially if they are, you've got good relationships there. They give you a slightly different perspective than random person I'm paying $50 for a 20 minute conversation with. Right. And both these, like, I think both those perspectives are really important. I wouldn't want to just have the people I'm paying to talk to me. And I wouldn't want to just have like my friends talk to me either. Having both perspectives helps, I think, kind of add an extra layer of veracity to that research. Yeah. Yeah. And so then as you, as you've done this process, oh, so I have like three questions. I hate that. Then I can say which one I want to ask first. All right. First question. Uh, So you said this was a free product. Is this just because you're a kind giving person or is there a, is there a, a model that you see as this grows and expands uh, to an enterprise version that would be paid or, or sort of? Yeah, we certainly think there's probably a future version that we make that's more targeted at, you know, a team or a manager and slightly different set of features that we can monetize on. I also am just a big fan of, of separating out monetization from growth. Mm-hmm. I think it's both of those things are very difficult to do. And I think a lot of companies tend to do them both at the same time, which sometimes means you end up with mediocre results for both. Right. I, you know, I would say, point. I would say probably for, you know, we've been doing this for like 18 months or so. I would say for the last probably eight to 10 months, we spent a third of our time just on onboarding process. Right. Like, and I shudder to think what happened if I also in parallel had to take a third of my time to also do monetization and like spare with that. I also think it's easier to, to do the research we need to do on monetization once we have a stable of customers using it. Yep. Uh, especially for a product like ours where it does require behavior change, right? We're getting you to put down your pen and paper, or, you know, don't open that Google doc and instead use our app while you're on the call. And so it's a little t- hard, I think, for us to do monetization research on people that aren't yet users mm-hmm. because it's, uh, it's unlike anything you've used before to a certain right. degree. And so the best time to ask you is after you've had a couple calls using Fathom. Uh, and so that's, I think, the other reason why if we had monetized too early, uh, it probably would have hindered growth. And we probably would have gotten false signal because people would have been giving us aspirational answers. They wouldn't be grounded in people that are using our product every day like we have now. It's such a good point too, right? Like pricing questions around a product where there isn't a strong comparison are really, really hard. And if you have the, the option to do that, that, I mean, that's fantastic. And when you talk a little bit about using the app uh, while you're on the call, is it something where like you tag things as it's going? So it's not just like it's recording in the background and you can go back and edit, but you can interact with it as it's going be like, Oh, I want to remember that one. Cause that was interesting. Yeah, that's hundred percent. Right. And it's interesting because the original <laughs> version we, we had, uh, you know, we've, you know, I think the first version we had actually was we take the, you know, zoom has built in recording and we would take that built in recording. We pull it into our system and we'd allow you to like annotate it after the call. And we very quickly learned there were a couple of problems with that. One is Zoom would often take 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes mm-hmm. more to get you the recording. And so like, there's just this real quick time decay after the meeting's over. I, I don't want to wait 30 minutes to then go back in and annotate it. 
Uh, and so we kind of built out our own recording infrastructure. So now we could get it to you almost instantly, which was a lot better because, you know, I'm trying to replace note taking. So note taking, the one nice value of note taking is, is the immediacy in your workflow. Typically, I'm used to cleaning up my notes right after the call. So that was one thing we did is like, okay, now we can get it to you within five seconds of the call being ended and you can go through and find the parts that matter. The second thing we learned was like, no one wants to do that though, right? I don't want to, I just had the 30 minute call. I don't want to like puzzle back through it to find the moments that matter. You generally know in the moment, this is a noteworthy moment on the call. And so mm-hmm. what we've done is made almost like, you almost think like a remote control, right? Or almost like a soundboard. And we got kind of these buttons laid out where it's like, you know, action item or you know, positive reaction or negative reaction or whatnot. And we, and we customize those depending upon the role, right? So product managers will customize different types of highlights, buttons, or tags, if you will, versus like a salesperson and stuff like that. They might get like pain points and whatnot. But the idea is when I'm on the call and I hear something noteworthy, instead of me typing out something in my notes or writing it down on pen and paper, I click one of these buttons and then our system basically flags that part of the call by listening for when did that person start talking? When did they stop talking? Great. Here's like a 30 second portion of the call that you said was a positive reaction or an insight or an action item. So I realized as I asked that question, like what a dangerous question. I was like, what if you're like, no, it doesn't do that, Rebecca. And I thought, <laughs> oh, oh no. And so A, I'm glad that happened, but B, I am glad for And I'm going to do another question like this. Is you had mentioned in the beginning talking about how one of the things that had done is instead of doing bullet points, you were able to make sort of like a highlight video, but that it was very manual. In this application, is there a part of it that helps kind of pull those things together into a highlight video? Yeah. And so basically the, the whole, the, I think the, the, the key simplifying assumption we, we came up with was when you're on the call, you click buttons, you know, again, they're kind of named buttons when you hear something important. And then afterwards we can say like, you can now jump to all those highlights. You can, you know, I've got three pieces of feedback that came on this call. I can get a link directly to those, th- the highlight reel of that feedback. I can drop it into Slack. I can drop it in my CRM. In fact, we'll actually automate both of those things. So yeah, so there's a lot of different ways to kind of slice and dice the highlights from your call and get them into all the right systems that, that people need to see. Love that. Now this third, I'm going to ask a third, because I'm glutton again, a third question, which I expect you're going to say no, but that's okay. But one of the things that we also talk about, one of the things we've actually got internally a new course coming out about is taking all of that qualitative information and how do I like tag it and theme it and start to make it quantitative, uh, which is one of the, again, those difficult parts about market visits. Cause you're like, I heard this amazing thing and it doesn't, you can have 20 market visits and they all say the same thing. And we all know as product managers, that's like significant signal, but still, if you like go to the board room, like I talked to 20 people and like, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're, you're trying to move and, and also quantify, like if you've had those conversation after over three months, it can be hard to zoom back and remember the theme. So with the tagging and the pieces, is there something in there today with Fathom or up maybe something like on the horizon? Or can I just like put it in as a request because I would really like that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have anything native in Fathom for this at, at the moment, right? So, but but certainly it's on our radar. And actually we use my last couple of user voice of product to, to do this for Fathom, right? So, you know, user voice of product where you can just log people's feedback and, you know, here's what they said. And part of in that you can just, we actually log the link uh, to the highlight. So, our, you know, our team actually does anytime, every time you do your first call with Fathom, you'll get an email from someone like on our success team asking you, we'll actually pay you to take a 15 minute interview with us to ask you how the process went. And out of that, obviously you can imagine we get a lot of product feedback and we actually tag all that, put it in user voice, which then feeds back into a Slack channel. So there's like a Slack channel of all of our inbound feedback. Uh, and what's nice about this is we get kind of the best of both worlds. One, I have a view in user voice where I can see here's the top you know, 15 things we get asked about. 
I can click into one of those things and not only just, and a lot of times see the video clips. Here's the person that asked for this, right? The, the raw primary source stuff. And we also have a Slack channel. So the, our entire company is seeing the steady stream of product feedback come in. And again, because it's just the visual, the video is so much more engaging than bullet points and text. You know, our engineers are watching like, here's this person saying, I need this integration or I really need, you know, this optimization or workflow change and stuff like that. That's awesome. I love it. You got those research loops all the way through. I have to say, Richard, that this sounds like, I mean, like just from a problem that I personally have and my team has, this sounds like a great product to check out. And I also think it's a great story about how you've used uh, both your own tools, but also the the sort of good, strong product management processes that we talk about to validate uh, a next way. As you've done that, right? And you've kind of got, I'm sure, a roadmap going forward. Like, where, where are you guys headed? Like, what are the next things that you're looking to tackle with Fathom? Yeah, we, we really started off, again, solving this problem of, like, I don't want to take notes. Notes, I, you know, to me, notes are, like, kind of insane in general, right? Like, it's like, I, you know, we have hours of content with our customers and what shows up in our CRMs or into our, our research or just, like, a bunch of bullet points, right? So we started with that. But we've also started to kind of expand our vision just to what are all the things we can do to help you run a good meeting that software is well equipped to do, right? I try to, I want to avoid some of the things I like to, when building software, avoid things that require diligence, right? There's a lot of products where it's like, if you're very diligent with this product, you get a good outcome. Uh, mm. Most of, I don't want more diligence in my life. I have enough of it. So what are things that software can automatically do? So for example, we added features more recently where, you know, if I start monologuing for two minutes or more, it gives me a little warning. Right. Okay, you're monologuing. Oh. It gives me a little warning of like how much time is remaining in the meeting. It starts telling me like talk time at regular intervals. I'm actually beta testing a version right now where it tells me here's who you're on the call with. Here's the last time you met with them. Here's information about them in their your CRM, their LinkedIn profile, their job titles. Right. So you just think about that. I've started now thinking about it again, kind of like a job to be done. Like the job to be done is like I have to get on this call, and there's a lot of stuff that happens before and after the call. Right. And obviously we are, we've already focused a lot on what happens during the call in terms of highlighting the notes or the noteworthy moments, but what are all the things on the bookend of that, that we can make easier. Right. So we focused a lot on data entry, like automated data entry into CRMs. Uh, we're going to first next do automated data entry into like a task management tools. Right. So ClickUp is on our, on our radar, a few others. So we kind of work back to front. So we're first focusing on what, where, where, all the, where does this data need to go? It needs to get your CRM, it needs to get in your Slack, it needs to get in your Notion, it needs to get, and like make sure we have good integrations there. And also on the front end, what are all the things we can do to basically help you do that pre-call prep? Because we're all on kind of back-to-back calls, right? We generally have, it's kind of a fun product because everyone's using it always in a hurry, right? Is what I tell mm. my team. It's like when people use our product, they have no patience for us to be slow or for us to be unintuitive because they're jumping on a meeting. And I don't know about you, but I've never jumped on a meeting and not been kind of in a rush. And so we think about what are all the things we can do to basically, you know, increase the on-ramps to doing your next Zoom meeting. Because someone listening right now is pondering this very question, I'm going to ask it. Do you have any plans on going outside of Zoom or will it always be Zoom? Uh, you know, Zoom is such a dominant market share yeah. right now that, that, you know, it's one of the things where I'm sure at some point we might be compelled to go outside of Zoom, but they have, they have such a market share. There's so many. I'd rather improve the product and really deepen it for the existing set of users before broadening the pool of potential users. I actually think you know we we launched I think very late by startup standards, but I think in this day and age that's important because you only get really one shot to make a first impression. And so I think you really want to 
when people first experience your product, I really think it should have a depth of functionality to it. And so I'm really focused now on let's build out depth of functionality for our users. A lot of things I just mentioned right above and beyond just the recording pieces before we worry about market expansion. Okay. So then I'm going to guess, because I've got a lot of product managers, product marketers listening who do, would use this product. You're ready for us, right? You're ready for oh. them to go? Oh yeah. Uh, if you go to fathom.video slash pod, uh, we actually have a pretty long wait list. It's about 70 K. So, but if you go to fathom.video slash pod, you will skip directly to the front of that list and probably over it all together. I love that. Right. A little, and I also just wrote it down because I will also be jumping, <laughs> Great. jumping ahead, Great. but yeah. So fathom video. So fathom.video slash pod. Correct. Perfect. We will also drop that in the description so people know, but, uh, Richard, I am excited both for, thank you for sharing the story of how you, you came with that product. I think it's always interesting to all of us. Uh, I think for some of us, this could be a valuable tool. And I also, I hope that as your journey continues that you check in with us and talk about how you've evolved your products and how you've used, you know, sort of your own tools and your own product management best practices to continue to evolve it. I think we all love to hear founder stories from founders with a distinct product bent. So uh, we really appreciate you joining us today. Awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Awesome. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career.